I'm Mike Boris, and this is Straight Talk. Oh, it's a tough question to answer. I've, I've, I've been a roller coaster. What I'm trying to say to you is, I bloody love food, full stop. When I came here, there was no cooking shows. This dish just ticked all the boxes. The, the food was really kind of, in modern Australian, really easy and relaxed. And now, like, it's, it seems that everyone is a, a critique. Or an expert now. Uh, an expert. Because you made them that way. <laughs> no, but you have. It's my fault. I mean, no one's got a good, uh, easy life. We've lost so many of our friends in the industry in the last few years. You've asked me if I was here a year ago. I would have a completely different story to tell you. Like, you know, I, I was in a bad place. I was screaming and arguing all the time. I was a cranky... Because, you know, I, I, I was... Under pressure. Yeah, under pressure all the time. Of course I miss the restaurant. Well, I miss it. I was born in it. I love it. But if it doesn't make sense in your life anymore, you've got to look at a change. Manu Farrell, welcome to Straight Talk, mate. Thank you. I haven't seen you for ages. Yes, Last time yes. I think I saw you was at Port Douglas. That's yeah, right. with your family. Yep, yeah, indeed, yeah. How are you going, all right? Yeah, good. Good, actually. Uh, did you know Jock? Um, I didn't know him as well as some other chefs, but, yeah. you know, he's, he's in the industry, what we yeah. call a brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we were there on Saturday to his funeral, and it's, uh, it's a shock. I mean, we've lost so many of our friends in the industry, you know, the last few years, it's it's uh, it's not cool. It's but, a tough um, industry. It is. I mean, it's it, tough for whom? <laughs> it depends if you love it. It's it's not tough. It is tough in. It's tough when you get to I suppose when you get to forties, mid forties, yeah. then you, you just realize that the passion is kind of fading, and so is the bank account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so well, or if or if you get married, you got kids, or if, yeah. when you're single, young bloke. It's, leading the life, you know, in your twenties right. and thirties, and you, you do the sixty hours a day. You can go out day, after, right. you know, get finish it whatever time you guys finish in the restaurant. And you go out with all your crew, and you go and have a few drinks and then party. Correct. Then it's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> but you <laughs> can't do that forever. That's right. The, you, no, you can't. There's a time where you know you need to grow up, you need to mature, you've got more responsibilities, and you've got a mortgage or rent or kids, as you say, and and you know you've got to really think about your future, where you're going to end, you know. You, you can't just have a, a be young and party forever. And one of the things about chefing, if I could call it that, it just because I know quite a few of the sort of more celebrated chefs, um, is that it is a bit of a mentally tough game in that it's extremely challenging because you're always trying to find out what is the business model that will work for me as a chef I mean, using my chef skills, what is the business business model? There's a lots of different business models that I've seen. Um, um, you know, like Luke Mangan, for example. He basically told me, yeah, Mark, you don't make money out of restaurants. Chefs can't make money at restaurants occasionally, but it's pretty hard. And you and I know lots of blokes, including you, have not done great chefs, but not done so well out of restaurants. That's right. His model is I will sell the Luke Mangan name. And you know, you go on celebrity cruises, and Luke Mangan's might be appear there, and he's not cooking, by the way. But uh, it looks like he's cooking. It looks like maybe it might be his menu, mm. and he might tell them what to cook, etc. But it helps sell someone else's product. That's one model. It seems to work well for him, but it's probably not room for twenty of them. I suppose. I mean, I, I do a little bit of this, but uh, you know, I I want to use my name for myself as well. You know, it's it's that's what I've been doing lately, and. It's different. You're right. It's different. What you want to do. Some people are. Some chefs want to be behind the stoves for the rest of their life, and that's their full passion. But you know, it, it is tiring. You know, you, you it's a twenty four seven job. Yeah. You know, you don't sleep at night. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's it, it it plays with your mind, like especially for you own the restaurant. Yeah. You know, first you need to look after your staff. Making sure the menu is good, that you look after your customers, that the bills are paid, and it's just tick, 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 nonstop. Like it's it's one of those relentless jobs where you never rest, and that's what chefs go out 
at mid, after midnight and just get on a piece. Just yeah, to, yeah. Just to breathe a bit. Yeah, just to I mean? calm down, yeah. to, to wind down. Yeah, that's right. I mean, a music, it's, it's not too different to what musicians have to go to, mm. through, but musicians can make more money, I think. But it's, and it's very difficult, though, to, you know, you don't talk, if you're running a restaurant, you've got a small audience, it might be 200. 300 perhaps if you've got a big restaurant, but a, a musician can talk to 300,000 like yeah, in, right. in, a, in a festival. So the, the, the mathematics is much more in favour of the musician living this lifestyle for a, you know, 20, 30 years if they can get away with it and if they're good enough. But for chefs, that mental health piece, how does someone like Manu get through that? I mean, how do you manage that? I mean, how do you get, I mean, is uh, it just a genetic thing? You're tough enough to do it or you're just balanced or what do you do? Oh, it's a tough question to answer. I've, I've, I've been a roller coaster. You know, there's been time of my life where I was the happiest and there's been time of my life where I was in a really deep, dark hole. Um, and I think it's just about surrounding yourself by the right people. Yeah. I, I suppose your family is the people that can really stuck stuck up for you um make sure you you know hang out with the right people you know the good friends but it's easy to hang out with the wrong people in your industry yeah yeah that can happen um and i think it's about being able to get out of that bubble you know and think further and trying to make something for yourself i suppose and, and that's why i left the restaurant world because uh you know i was making money from tv and then i was losing it in restaurants and it's a Bloody frustrating part of your life. You well, know? there's no point spending good money after bad. Yeah. yeah. There's no point. It doesn't make sense. And and uh, the last few years, last three or four years, I've changed that. I, I've put the money in the right spot uh, to be able to have a great, you know, the last 10, 15 years of, of my working life to be able to do something about it, you know. Actually, I would also, by the way, I just remembered, I want to talk, talk about your rugby league kid a little bit later. One of your, <laughs> one of your kids plays rugby league at yeah, South. Yeah. At South. Yes, yeah. I need to talk about that, but we'll park that for a minute. We're going to talk about it because I just thought about Because they're the things that make your life worth everything. Yeah. I mean, that's what brings you back to reality. Yes. I mean, your kids are growing up my, now. And that's where I'm at now. Like, I'm just on 50 and my life is, is more um, healthy. It's healthier. Uh, I'm more focused and, yeah, I feel like I've just, come out of a shell and just um, reborn in some ways. I don't know. It's I'm feeling really good lately. Well, that's It's funny, you know, sometimes in order to get over the mental health issues that we might be experiencing, we just have to be patient and let it all unfold and just see what comes because it'll come. But sometimes our impatience puts us into a panic. We start to panic and we think this is never going to get better. Yeah, I, I've always been impatient. Always. And I think it comes with the job, you know, because when you've got customers coming into your restaurant, they need to be served straight away, you know. So it, it becomes a model where everything's fast, everything's quick. Uh, but because I've changed my career in some ways, I've now been able to take a few steps back and kind of, you know, I spend more time in the office versus being, being in the stoves and I spend more time at home with my kids and my wife versus always being running restaurants, you know. And I miss, of course, I miss the restaurant. Well, I miss it. I was born in it. I love it. But if it doesn't make sense in your life anymore, you've got to look at a change. What was the day or the event? Can you remember the time? Did, was it a moment yeah. you decided I to think do that? I, so I was running restaurants. Then I got given like a, a gig on TV, which was fun at the beginning, and that gig became, became bigger. So I was like juggling between, you know, having to look after my team and my restaurants and being there with, with, when I could and then being on the road with MKR and just like you, and then try to find some time to be at home with the kids. It's like having a, a, a four burner. Yeah. You can't have all of them burning <laughs> at the same once. time you run out of gas. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, It's pretty much like that. Yeah. So um, I then decided, and it was a very tough, tough decision to make, leaving the restaurant or leaving the the TV staff and the bank account decided for me. The yeah. TV was just paying me well and I was losing money in restaurants. So I decided to depart from the restaurant business and then concentrate on the TV and, and it worked better for me. Nowadays, I'm keeping the TV alive for my brand because I've got a, a different business now that I want to 
make successful. So the, the brand, as you talk about, Luke Mangan, is I've got a, a brand name and a, and a face that people recognize. And I'm using... And a voice. And a voice, yeah. Very, yeah, that's right. I hope most people understand what I'm saying right now. And I'm using that to really catapult my brand for the retail. Just, I was always very curious. What, do you, what was um, Manu like actually in the kitchen? Were you barking at everybody or were you sort of put your arm around them and say, mate, that's okay, no problem, even though it's a piece of shit where you just cooked. I mean, how were you like? Well, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, well, Calm. if I can, I'm, I'm um, energetic, but friendly and I'm a clown. Like I love stuffing around. Stuffing around. And and some of them, my team always said, just zip it, we need to concentrate, you know. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a team player and I love to get everyone going, I suppose. Um, but I'd, I give them two chances and the third they're gone. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? You can't just say, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Don't do it again. I like to tell them off and explaining why they've done it wrong and explain how they can make it better. But you can do that a couple of times and if they don't get it, it's time to, to move on. But uh, I've never been an asshole. Do you ever feel like going out and telling the customer off? Because I, I tell you a funny story. My dad, Worked in his dad's restaurant. My dad, the Greeks, well, got, they always have a coffee shop, restaurant, whatever. My my grandfather had a restaurant, and my dad's five brothers all worked in his restaurant. Okay, him and him and his five brothers, and um, and my dad tells me a story that uh, one time that was it was in George Street across the road from the movie theaters, and in those days people used to go to the movies with a suit mm. on a hat and everything, and uh, after the movie they would come for supper. Yep. Like no one after, does it anymore. Yeah. Now they go to McDonald's for supper, but <laughs> they used to come for supper. It was very civilized. It was very nice, yeah. you know, like old school, like in the movies. And um he there's this man comes into my dad's father's restaurant and uh asked to have a steak. And thing steak and chips these days would be called uh, steak and fritz or something, but it was just steak and chips. And I think it was an egg. Anyway, um he sent the steak back because he said it wasn't cooked properly, well enough. He wanted it well done, let's say. My grandfather my father said, my grandfather got it, put it back on and put it back in the fry pan, put it back, send it out. It was late for 20 seconds. The guy said, not good enough, send it back. My, my grandfather was quite a, had a big temper, okay? And uh, he got the steak, he threw it on the floor, picked it back up and put it back in the pan and for one second, put some butter on it. As you know, put butter makes the steak look better, send it back out and the guy said, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so do, how did you deal with fickled? I mean, customers can be fickled. They can, can be, can, uh, you know what I mean. They drive you crazy. It's and it, more and more, and it's funny because I've been here nearly twenty five years now. But when I came here, it, there was no cooking shows. There was no, you know, the, the food was really kind of in modern Australian, really easy and relaxed. And now, like it's, it seems that everyone is a, a critic or an expert now. Uh, an expert because you made them that way. <laughs> No, but you have. It's my fault. No, but not you, but you and all the others and, yeah. you know, MasterChef, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like all of the celebrity chefs, I mean, and that's a crappy word, celebrity, I know, but like yeah, no. all the chefs get accolades on television. Yeah. You've educated us, which is why the show is so successful. You've educated us on what is high quality. Yeah. And the quality's got better. I mean, I show. I watch the show. It's got better and better and better and better. Um, you, some of these people amaze me what they can do. I, I, I think... I think they kind of allowed to, I mean, it's funny because when I go to a restaurant and I don't eat well, I just zip it and never come back. But some people like to do the other way when they like to complain and get something for free or get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is also what you've got to understand is it's like an average of 150 a head now. Yeah. And I think you're allowed to complain if you yeah, pay yeah. 150. It's expensive. So there's a, you know, the, the, the customer is always right, 100%. But some, you, you recognize the, excuse my French, the assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the yeah, guy yeah. who's genuinely right, you know what I mean? In the old days, I think the chef would, yeah, do like your grandpa, just throw the steak on the, on the floor. And then, nowadays, we just like a little bit more like, okay, let's, let's look at it and, you know. The thing is, is you can complain and lose a customer or you can just fix it and it comes back. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. I mean, and sometimes you might as well, I mean, sometimes you're better off just to compliment, just say, look, it doesn't mean you don't have to pay, whatever the case may be, because 
if they'll go away and they'll tell ten people what a good what a good restaurant. Look, they did the right thing by me. They're pretty cool. I'll come back and they'll tell ten good stories. Otherwise, they'll yeah. tell one bad story, and everyone will hear about it. If you asked Manu twenty years ago, I'll, I'll tell you the other way. I'll yeah, like you tell me if I go off. <laughs> <laughs> now it's different. So, so you're out of the restaurant business. Um, I get that, and you've got a good brand, and, and you've got a and a good brand to me is is very recognisable. It's um, you, you have a certain look, you look a certain way. So, you know, we can see that's Manu looking at you. Your voice is very recognisable. You've got a good reputation. Um, you've had a lot of TV exposure. So someone else, Channel 7 in this case, has spent millions and millions of dollars promoting all of you guys on MKR. Um, that's a big deal. That's something you need to be able to leverage. So what have you leveraged it into? I, Tell me about the product. I've never taken that for granted. Totally. Um, it's a big deal though. It's huge. And by the way, you're still there. I mean, yeah, we know, yeah. we've seen people go away. 13 years We saw there, Pete, yeah. you know, we've seen, we've seen the demise of people we know, you know, because maybe they I'm didn't they didn't take it. it for granted. I, I think I remember talking to you about Pete when he was having the trouble mm. some years ago and he just should shut up. Like for my opinion, he should say nothing. I mean, if, you, if you value the gig. Well, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, the reason why he didn't shut up, I think he just didn't care he didn't anymore. Care as much. Yeah, yeah. And right. uh, but if you value the gig, which you do, um, then you know nothing's perfect. I mean, everyone thinks celebrities. Oh, how lucky! I love to be Manu. It's but you, tough. But you know what? I, I actually, you probably know as much as I do. But at the end of the day, it, it's a it's a contract. Okay, they want you, and you want them. Yeah, that's all it is. The day they don't want you anymore. See you later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why I'm not taking it for granted because as long as I keep, can keep my foot in to the TV industry, which I've got a good reputation for, uh, I'm also going to leverage this. So that's smart. So that's pretty smart what you're doing. I, I think so. No, no I don't, I, my view it yeah, is. Yeah, no, but the thing is, is I don't think there's enough smart celebrity people, as you call, call them, um, you know, like they buy big houses and Expensive car. Yeah, yeah. You they know, started to believe. I, I they want, started to believe. I, I want the longevity. I don't want the short-term, you know, happiness. Want, yeah. So for, I know that now Maso's product in a supermarket, I'm not making a lot of money. I'm kind of breaking even. It's been five years in the making, three years on the shelf, turning over pretty well. But, you know, it's not enough to... Uh, retire yeah yeah with. so that's that's for me but it's, it's a like, slow build it's a slow build before i wanted to open a restaurant i wanted to make money straight away now i know that i've got 10 years i'm giving myself 10 years to put these brands on the shelf where everyone knows that buy menu is a good product yeah uh and the reason why we started this is because the tagline was created while i was shooting my kitchen rolls asking the contestants Where's the sauce? Yeah. You know, so uh, people cross the road, hey, where's the sauce? And because I, that's what you became more yeah. known for. And I went, I, one day I went to the office, I said, let's make some sauce. Yeah. So I went to the supermarket and I realized there was nothing that was fresh, made with real ingredients, uh, with no additive, no preservative, no gums, no coloring, no food, this and that. I'm like, I was shocked. So I went on the drawing board and I went, let's let's do something fresh that is real. So it's that's my new tagline. It's not a packet sauce, it's a sauce in a packet. You know, my extent of um chef chefing uh, <laughs> at my house, I occasionally I might make a pizza. Let me ask you a question. If you go and buy a sauce, like a, like a tomato sauce, okay, where is it stand in the in, in a supermarket? On the shelf. Yeah, but not the refrigerator. It's, it's not in the fridge, no. Yeah. So how can you have Tomato sauce for two years on the shelf. Yeah, correct. So it's got salt in it or something well, like that. It's salt. got preservatives. Yeah. It's got it's got it's got all those E numbers, E four hundred and twenty, E four hundred. I don't even know what they are. Me neither. Okay. So my sauce stands in the fridge. Why? Because it's fresh, made with real ingredients. My sauce is a little bit more expensive than the other brand. Why? Because it's made with real ingredients. What preserves it then? So what happens? And it's bringing a, a liquid to a boil. Yeah. And reduce, it, yeah, yeah, and reduce uh, reduce the the temperature yeah. to four degrees in less than an hour. Right. If you do that, you kill all bacteria. Right. Okay. So that's that's what we learn in a kitchen when you're doing chef course. When you do chef course, and you can keep it for four months in your fridge. You're selling in the pubs. 
Pubs, yeah. Well, I work with a little packet. No, no I work with packet. the Londy Group. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-four pubs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jamie Gannon is the executive chef, who's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, he employs two two hundred chefs or so on. You know, the quality of chefs are gone since COVID. We've lost a lot of talent. Well, tell me about that a bit. Well, you know, COVID happened and everyone went home. Um, we, I think, we lost during COVID. It was two hundred thousand uh, people in the industry wow. alone. And half of them are gone. The other half have decided to do something else. Yeah. So we lost quality and quantity as well in, in, in the industry. Um, especially when you employ people in the pub, they're not necessarily the, you know, the three Michelin star chefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was struggling to get, you know, he was using the powder stuff with a bit of water. And I'm like, mate, I've got a solution for you. He said, oh, sure. He tried it and it went done. And he tried, he tried it without putting my name into it for a month. Customer loved it. Then we just now call it by menu on some of the menus. So they put on the menu as well. Some of them, yeah, not all of the pubs, but some of them. But that's interesting because that's a good way of promoting what they ate or what they're eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm saying about my aim is to make customer understand that the by menu brand equal quality. Do you think people like to cook at home now? What's your yeah, view they do. on that? I think there's more people against since COVID where you get stuck at home doing nothing. Suddenly you go to the supermarket and you start, you know, watching videos and so on, open cool books. Of course they do, but there's also the halfway where they can't do all of it. So, so making a, a sauce would take a couple of hours. Who wants to do that? Yeah, not so, even, you probably don't even want to do it at home. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can do the meat, you can do the vegetable, and then you can go to the fridge and get uh, the sauce by many. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> Last night I cooked a steak. Uh, no, I actually cooked a, a veal chop, which is a, a big – I tell you a funny story. I was thinking about it last night. The first time – I'd never heard of veal, veal chop in my life. Um, and uh, when I was in my 20s, the um, the senior partner of the law firm I worked for took me to um, – we had to go to Switzerland uh, and we had to go to various countries, but I, I was like the young – Yep. lawyer in the firm and, you know, he's the boss. And well, Anyway, we had to go to Switzerland and we were in this um, hotel in Geneva and he said, come on, we'll go to have a dinner. And we had some clients down there and we went down to have dinner and, he's, and I looked on the menu and he said, order the veal chop. And uh, I thought, like, I was a pretty, I was much like 10 kilos bigger, bigger than I am now and I was much more, bigger appetite. And I thought, oh, no, I have, I have to do that now because because the, the boss told me to and I thought a chop, I, I don't want a chop. Anyway, the veal chop came out, it was huge. I got a shock of my life. So I ordered a, and uh, and I loved it. But so I, I bought a veal chop uh, last night uh, last night, and um, and I cooked it and the thing that I thought about, and I cooked it in a um, like a, the, a pizza other uh, type pizza. thing, you know, these, it cooked from the top yeah. and the bottom yeah. at the same time. And because uh, I like to cook in there because there's no mess, and um, and I cook outside. So <laughs> and you don't the, have to clean it. Yeah, I don't have to clean. <laughs> and uh, and I thought to myself, buddy, I'm seeing Manu tomorrow. I would have loved to had some heat peppercorn sauce for Damn this. It. <laughs> so, and because because your point is right, um, I don't mind cooking for myself, but the, I'd be buggered if I'm going to start cooking a bloody sauce because the amount of time it take me to prepare a peppercorn sauce or something like that. Would be would just make the whole thing a, a stupid idea. I, I'm better off just walk, driving down to the local restaurant and have something to eat down. Yeah, you know. But for me, it's also uh, education piece. I want to educate people to eat better, and you know, coming here and being invited to people's home, and it's lovely. Of course, I'm not. I never critique, critique or, or judge, but it's always the ketchup and the bloody barbecue sauce. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the kids are brought up with this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like. Far out. Is, is that all you have? Like, is that all you, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on your on your stack, I just that kills me. So that's why I wanted to, you know, Aussies love to go to the pub on the weekends, and I thought if I can, you know, the jigsaw and put the two together, having Aussies have the knowledge of what you can have in a pub, and take this home when you want, you know, like that's what I wanted to do. How do you go about doing that? Do, I mean, do you should you be doing a YouTube series or something like that? Like I, so? I do. I, yeah. I don't do YouTube as such, but I do. I, I work on you know the social media platforms, so um, I do recipes, uh, two recipes a, a month. I do a couple of lives as well every now and then. So just to to show not only that you can open the pack and pour it on a stack, but you can also use the the mushroom sauce in a pasta bake, for example, or like showing people how to use the product yeah, yeah. and 
keep on repeating what the product is made of <laughs> just to make them understand that it's actually, you know, it's it's real food. That is the the biggest problem that I've got is having the time because I'm I'm the face of the brand. So I've it has to be me showing it, not someone else's. You totally. Know? So it's it's a lot of juggling around and, and, and a lot of time uh, being uh, away, working, TV, family, uh, be on the camera, like, you know, like everybody else. It's a new set of frustrations. Yeah. Now you're a businessman, not a chef anymore. Mm-hmm. A chef runs a restaurant. There's all the business side of the restaurant, but yeah. chefing is hard and it's it can be very frustrating, as you said earlier. I am definitely more patient ever than before. Is that because of age or it's a better business I, model? I, I think a bit of both, to be honest both. with you. I think, I think um I think I finally see the vision of, like, you know, we've, we had a chat a few years ago when my restaurant was going badly, the duck in, yep. duck out. Yep. And you just... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Obviously gave me some advice and, and I was blind there. I was kind of, I was hopping and hopping in business does bloody work. Now it's just, is it, I've learned from all the mistakes I've done, I think. I'm more mature. And I think, no, actually, I don't think, I know that what I'm doing now is working today. And if it's working today, it will be working tomorrow if I put the work in myself. You know, I, I think there's, it's a longevity in this business. Um, I, I can see that, I can see um, the future of it. I, and, I, and I just, to be honest with you, now it's just about cash flow. So I need a little bit more money behind it just to really push the brand up. That's, yeah, cap, that's it, as in capital. As in capital. Yeah, yeah. So that means get partners. Yes. I, and that's what I find it hard to, because I've had partners in the past and I'm always the one who's been end up paying the, the bills and the debts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, now I, 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 it's hard to get another partner again because, I, you know, it's easier to have multiple partners, I suppose, who puts a little bit in with a couple of shares and I get I get the control of. I yeah. don't want someone to tell me what to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I'm, you know, it's my... My, What's your brand though? It's my brand and also it's, it's my recipe in there. You yeah. know? And I don't want someone to come in and say, why don't we make it cheaper and put water instead of stock? Yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell him to have Which off. is probably better. Which is, well, but by the way, I mean, it's pr- that's why it's probably better in terms of structuring your partners to have a lot of smaller partners than having one or two bigger partners. That's right. Or having a, you know, a partner that is already in the food a retail industry yeah, and who can help it. me to, you know, I, 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 I don't mind sharing the, a slice of the cake. Really, I don't mind. But it needs to be for a right purpose. Have you ever thought about um, meeting up with the, my muscle chef people? Because, I mean, like, they're selling, they are producing, I don't know how many they sell, but like up to half a million meals a week, a week, half a million. And that packaged um, protein, three veg industry is like, I, I can understand why it's so successful because someone like me, I'll just go and say, I need a, you know, 150 grams of chicken. I need a, a bit of broccoli, a potato and a whatever. Um, there it is all made. It's, it's vac packed. I don't like the other ones. I like the vac packed one. It's 12 bucks or whatever it is. I don't know. That's more than that. But I'll, I'll buy one. You know what I mean? I'll, and I do eat them. 
you know, sometimes I'm for lunch, whatever. See, for me, I'm a chef, mate, and it needs to look good. Yeah, I, but I, what about if they had your? What about if they, they partnered with you with your oh, relation to your source? You know, we we do a few collaboration. It would be nice to do a collab with someone big like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've we've approached a few delivery uh, meals um, people. Um, it, it it's it's a slow burner like, because they but they're owned by a fund, a, many, a fund, yeah. investor fund. Yeah. Now, um, and. If you're looking for capital, uh, maybe they're the sort of people who you could talk to because they have to, they can't just, they might be doing 500,000 meals a week now, but they're not going to be doing a million in a year's time. There's a point at which you can't, you only do 10,000 more. And uh, at which point they say, okay, what other things can we do that people will have in their homes? You know, it's it's changing lately between people like to to know what they're eating. Uh, In the past, it would just Put the pack in, the, in 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 the shop shopping bag and then go. Now the people turning the packet around and they read what's in it. Yeah, I, I do now. Yeah. I, I look at things like sauce, salt, sugar, uh, yeah, calories. That's whatever. right. And I think so. It's it's happening, uh, which is which is fabulous. But you know, it's it's about it's about changing the minds of the masses. It's yeah. not just Sydney and, and Melbourne. It's Australia is huge, you know. So we're in a thousand woolies around the country. Um, there's some part of Australia where the sauce doesn't sell because it's yeah. completely foreign to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Peppercorn sauce, you know, what the hell? Like, exactly. Mushroom sauce, we've never yeah. seen a mushroom around here. <laughs> um, so I, I think people want to eat better, uh, but not only eat better in in quality of food but what's in it they want to know what's in it and where it's from and how it's made and so it's not that. just taste it's not just taste you're gonna do any greek sauces sure for us greeks what, like, just get involved in yeah, the brand there's, and there's, there's 800 <laughs> greeks in australia come on there's a big market because then we're all lazy bastards we don't want to make it ourselves and by the way the men do make the food yeah so yeah yeah, yeah in yeah. greek Greek culture, men let's, do the barbecue. Let's do a lemon and oregano butter. The lemon oregano, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm into it. Like, yeah, I'm, put I'm, it on your lamb. Yeah, <laughs> put, on, put it on my lamb. It's funny, I don't even like lamb. Like, it's funny, you know, a lot of Greeks don't eat lamb. Um, I don't know why everyone thinks we eat lamb. We don't. We eat goat. Um, we don't have lambs um, because uh, everyone lives on the mountains and the lambs can't live on the – sheep can't live on the mountains. They need a plane yeah, yeah, to yeah. walk around. It's where my weird. dad comes from, um, no cows or no sheep. It's mostly uh, it was goats. only goats because they can <laughs> climb up the, the and they don't fall off and break their leg, fall down, break their leg. So, Manu, how do you manage the down periods now? What do you do about that? I drink. Uh, I, I drink maybe a little bit too too many sometimes, but not all the time. Like not all the time. So when you when you like, have you know like you know like I, I during I go back at night, I go home and pour myself a couple of whiskeys. Yeah. Um, like you have box uh, three times a week. Uh, that's, that keeps me level, I suppose. Like between, I, I like, the, the thing that I like to do is when I close my home, the door behind me, it's my century. Yeah, it's, yeah. I don't want to talk with, with my wife about business. Yeah. I want to I wanna relax. I want to maybe have a whiskey and have a chat. Uh, and that's where I just switch off kind of thing. How many kids you got now? I've got. Two. Two kids. So uh, Jonty's 18 and Charlie's eight. Right. So so one's a boy and one's a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you interact with your kids in terms of your switching off? I mean, what do they do f- for Manu in terms of keeping him sane? Um, I mean, they just love, you know, like they're my kids. So I like Jonty's uh, – he's, he's the apple of my heart. He's just – he's he's a good – Play good boy. Uh, he's focused. Uh, maybe you not know, the best at school, but he's got a, a career that's being traced for him at the moment. He's he's been playing a league since he was nine years old. He plays union at school. He's an athlete. He's he's he's, he's a good kid. He's in the South uh, yeah, Development Squad, isn't he? Yeah, under nineteen this year, and he's, he's going to repeat under nineteen next year because he's he's young for his age. Um, Is he a big kid? He's nice, 80, 80 kilo, yeah, but fast. Yeah. Muscly, what position is he playing? Uh, inside center. Inside center. Yeah. And he's with the bunnies. He's bunnies. Okay, yeah. this podcast is over <laughs> officially. <laughs> you rooster, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> officially. No, no. But, but, but where do you guys live? Like, do you live in Maroubra? We live in Maroubra. Oh, you live in Maroubra. That makes sense. So yeah. he played his junior league. 
in the South Comp? No, he was with the Roosters for, for a few years. He played with us and he's now in the South. Well, he's Did he play for Clove- Clovelli or could you or something? He, he play he, for? Uh, yeah, he was playing for Clovelli. Clovelli, and, Crocodiles. Um, uh, but because he's at Waverley College, oh, he's at Waverley. Okay. He was playing, yeah, yeah, for an East club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the age of eighteen, you allowed to make a decision. Make a decision where you want to go. Because of you know people who I know, I just made a couple of phone calls and he got given a little spot. But now it's up to him. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's up to him to. Do you go to watching? As much as I can, I you know I just love it. Yeah, I just you know pride that just. Seeing I've seen it. I've seen your Instagram. I see I see some of the photographs you put up on there. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I just you know it's he's he's a good kid and he's a good player and I'm just hope that you know he's gonna sign up and just. Do you think you do you think you would encourage him to have a career in uh, footy or would you say to him whatever he wants to do? Would you say, say to him like you did? You want to become a chef? No, 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 no. He wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> for many reasons, but no, but you can't force your kids to to tell them what they want. You know, like John has been focusing in rugby for a long time. He's now at, to an age where he can, in the next couple of years, become a professional and get signed, which would be fantastic. Now his career is going to finish what, when he's 32, 34, perhaps. Then what? Then maybe I can teach him what I do, and then he can take over my you do business. The business. And, yeah. And I can retire in Greece. Yeah, which is what they all want to do. Which is the reason why. And by the way, you, but these days you have to have too much money to retire in Greece. Once upon a time, it was quite cheap to retire. Actually, France is cheaper than Greece. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> parts of France are like much cheaper than Greece uh, because. But if you, you know, pay the, cash in Greece, it's okay. That's okay. That's true. That's true. If you pay cash, but they call the fuss lucky. Um, there's an envelope full of cash. But but no, just because I'm curious, did someone say to you when you were a young man? At Johnny's age, Manu, won't you become a chef? No. So I left school at fifteen, uh, not because I was stupid. I just was uninterested to be sitting at a desk in a classroom listening to whatever the teacher was like. I was bored to death. Um, my mom was pulling her hair. What am I going to do with you? My my parents were divorced since I was a young boy, so. She's, my dad was a chef, so she said, listen, why don't you go and work with your dad for for this, for this the next year? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And I tell you what, Mark, the first day in the kitchen, I bloody loved it. And I don't think it was just cooking. It's just working, physically working. And with I, your hands? Yeah. I was doing 12, 14 hours at the age of 15. I loved it. I couldn't leave the kitchen ever. Um, by the age of 18... Um, I'd finished my apprenticeship, I was qualified, and I went to London with no English and 300 pounds in my pocket and a job. Why'd you go to London? Uh, my cousin had a, uh, was working there for, for a while and he was leaving the position. I said, Can you, do you want to jump in instead of me? I said, sure. So I jumped on the first plane I've ever been on, 18 years old, with my uh, suitcases, uh, 300 pounds in the pocket. Yes, no, please. That's all I knew in English. And I stayed there for eight years. I w- was running my first kitchen when I was 22. Uh, nominated Best Seafood Restaurant when I was 25. And I came here when I was 26. But, and so why would you not encourage your boy then to do the same thing? Because that's not him. Yeah. And, and, uh, you yeah. know what I mean? He, he's different. He's different. He's different. He's very Australian, by the way. He's Is got he? no French yeah. in him whatsoever. <laughs> uh and yeah, he's, he's Aussie as, as it is because and that's the league. League is his passion. It's his, it's his dream. It's his every day. He trains every single day of the week and he plays games on the weekend, like nonstop. He goes to the gym. All of that is just dedication, dedication, dedication. Would you say to him, though, similar to yourself, um, look, it's good to uh, play footy, but be like it's good for you to be a chef um, in your case, but you maybe need to discover another skill yeah so he's year 12 at the yeah. moment so he's done he's still at school yeah yep. so he's done uh he's done pathways so he's done his year 12 in two years because yeah, of yeah. rugby yeah so he's done english french and math subject the first year and now he's doing uh business and religion because you have to in, yeah. in his and and business is one thing that i pushed him to do yeah because i didn't have the business education and <laughs> learning on the go, it, 
bloody hard. Yeah. And you lose a shitload of money yeah. doing that that way. So I said, you've got to do business. You learn by mistakes. Yeah. Learning on the go. Yeah, but mistakes, expensive mistakes. Yeah, expensive mistakes. So you would you would encourage him then to do go do the business side of things. And, yes. And then when maybe if he if he's you know if he's lucky enough because it's a hard thing to get a, a rugby league career. Um, if he gets a rugby league career, then he can come off and perhaps help assist you. Yeah, either that or he can stay in 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 a league world, uh, and and maybe you know being in an office and do stuff. Because in you there. know as well as anybody, Manu, like it's really hard today these days if you earmark yourself in a really specific skill. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, a really specific skill, because the life of those skills for some reason. Um, expires. Yeah. But like, I mean, even if you're a plumber, you see some, you know, people say, oh, no, a plumber's okay. No, but you know what? A plumber has to be able to get under the house. Like, if you've got an injury or, you know, you're getting older, you can't do. You know, now you have to run a plumbing business, which means you've got to be a business person and you've got to employ plumbers to work for you and apprentices to work for you. It's That's a bit right. different. It's, yeah, a bit yeah, like, it's like running a restaurant. Indeed. And all of a sudden, you've got to be a business skill. Yep. Um, and that's what chefs do. Chefs get to a point where they're, oh, hang on, that excitement of, you know, doing, working in the kitchen like mental um, is run away and I now have to run, I run the business of uh, being the business of running a restaurant as opposed to being the chef yourself. And it's a much bit different thing. And that whole skill base about run, being a business person is something that seems to me to be lacking in relation to all tasks, lawyer, accountant, chef, plumber, Electrician, I don't care what it is. They should all do some sort of business course and get exposed to business too. That's right. So how do you expose your son to business? Do you sort of say, now, come here, I want to talk to you. I want to show you what we're doing here. Why are we doing this? Why are we using this manufacturer? This is our ingredients. This is where we buy. This is how we work yeah, out price. I, I, there's a huge amount of – You might of, be too young, yeah? Yeah, but there's still a huge amount of uh, communication between him and I. Uh, I, I, I. I treat him like a human being, so I – I don't treat him like a child. I never have. And, yeah, I think it's by communicating. He knows when I, I was successful. He knew when I was I fell into business and he saw me up and down. So, you know, sharing this with your kids, I think it's honesty. important. Yeah, honesty. So, you, you yeah, so that, that's an important thing. So we just touch on that for a second. Because, um, you know, I'm a bit older than you and in my era you never, we were always told never show weakness to your kids. Or to anybody, to your wife, anybody, nobody. Um, which I, well, or, or vulnerability. I mean, I hate the word because everyone yeah. uses it, but like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, ne- never show your underbelly, and and I never did. But I, in some respects, I think it was a mistake. That's mm. um, you. You believe that you should show them the warts and all, everything, all of it. Like, yeah. listen, you know, a couple of years ago, Johnsy says. You know, we're taking drugs at school. What have you done? And I'm like, Shh. you know. Yeah. And I told him. Yeah. T- you know why? Because I said to him, I said, I'll tell you what I know or what I've done. But in exchange, when it happens to you, I want to be able to have that same communication. Yeah. Because if if you don't, then they'll do it behind your back and it gets worse. You don't yeah. know what's going on. So I think the honesty between your kids and, and yourself, it's it's it has to happen. You can't just hide the, your faults because how do they learn? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Jonty saw me, you know, Jonty's from a previous uh, marriage, so uh, not marriage, but a relationship. Um, and Jonty saw me in a, a one-bedroom flat living with him. He saw me in a two-bedroom flat living with him. He saw me in a three-bedroom flat and then he saw me in a house. Yeah. Okay, so he saw my, my after failing, he saw my progress yeah. and going up in a world just by by picking myself up and working hard. That's that's the only way it works. He gets that. He gets that. And and your daughter, um, how do you keep the two, the boy and the girl, close? Uh, it's kind of up to them at the moment because, you know, there's 10 years apart and yeah. Jonty's running around, you know, just got his license and girlfriends and so on. So Scary. he comes in, opens the fridge, stuff himself and go. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. they do. But, you know, when they do spend time together, they, it, it's working. It's working, you know. Do you have to work on that though? No. 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 Does it ever go on your mind? Oh, no, how do no. I keep them? No, not at all. Uh, like it's, it's just. You know they're at home, so when they're at home, they 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 they're free to to be themselves. So yeah, just let it happen like this. Because I mean, you know, when I've, I've when I've had lots of 
wives and lots, and I got lots of kids, <laughs> and they're different, different, different. And uh, and one of the things because we all dream this, you know, I want everybody to be happy, best friends, best mates, and it's okay when they're younger, but when they get older, they start to have strong personalities. And uh, yeah, I think, but ten years difference is the gap is. I got ten years though. I got ten uh, years between the. I got ten years between the oldest and the youngest. Actually, they get on. The, they're two of the ones who get on the best. The, the the oldest and the youngest. The the ones that are closer. I'm not saying they don't get on, but they they don't like because you want everybody. You, you want everyone to be. You know, like what I want, by the way, and what I get is different. Yeah. You, and sometimes you got to drop what you want. You got to yeah. stop thinking. Well, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. I mean, you know, because nothing works out the way you want it, the way you dream about it. I'm. I mean, no one's got a good, uh, easy life. You know, yeah. we all have our issues. Like, I mean, you know, like to, today everything's okay-ish, you know, it's moving. But you've asked me if I was here a year ago, I would have a completely different story to tell you. Like, you know, I, I was in a bad place. I was screaming and arguing all the time. I was a horrible, cranky because, you know, I, I, I was this, under pressure. Yeah, under pressure all the time. It was a horrible time. Yeah. But, you know, and as, as we talked about earlier on, it's a roller coaster. And I'm, hope, I'm hoping now that I'm just on the, on the up and I'm not going down. You know? So you, you live, you, your family's, your parents, yeah. are still alive? Yeah, yeah. They both, live in France. Yeah, yeah. yeah they don't live yeah. here. You got brothers and sisters? I've got one sister. He lives over in France? Yep. So, no, like, to some extent, you're a little bit. I'm, by, by yourself here. I am. And I, I kind of like it that way. Like, yeah. to be honest with you, I, I left home because... You left France? Or you, yeah, you know. I left France because I, I, you know, it was, my mom was just a single mother and it was a bloody tough gig. And I went, I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and look after you. Yeah. And, and so, and that's not for a pat in the back, but the, the story is I just wanted to leave to make my own life, my own path, and, you know, kind of I didn't want what my mom was going through, basically, yeah. in some ways. I was escaping, but also I was escaping to make my own life to be able to look after her later on. And, and how's that gone? Uh, Ten years ago, I bought a, a piece of land in in the village and I built a brand new four-bedroom house. In France, the, yeah. the village and where she lives. Mom's retired and she's got... No worries to wow. have anymore. So, That's well, cool. she has worries because her husband's sick, but you know, yeah. at least she can, you know. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not about being cool or not. It's about, you know, it's about balancing life out. You know, your parents look after you and stress about you and suffer by working so hard and making sure they give you the right education. And then when you fly with your own wings, they're the ones left behind. <laughs> so you kind of like have to kind of. It's your kind of your turn to look after them. Do, do you think any of that's ever driven by guilt? I mean, did you? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. we fuck up and we go, oh, Jesus, I'll fuck that up. You know, my being a, being a better father just is is because of my dad leaving us behind. I don't I don't want to repeat the the story, the history. You know, wanna, you're doing a generational thing. Yeah, no, you know. it's a and Manu, if you were to look back on your life as a celebrity chef. Mm. Would you change anything about being a celebrity chef? I mean, is it, what are the downsides of being a celebrity? I think I'm one of the lucky ones where I don't think I'm considered by the general public to be like a, I'm approachable. So I'm not putting on a high stall kind of thing. So if I sit at the pub watching a boxing match on Sunday, like I'll have everybody know, knowing who I am, yeah. but no one's going to really kind of look at me as a celebrity either. You know what I mean? That's what I like about my celebrity statue, yeah, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Do you ever bother about your privacy, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been time. When, Especially when, with your kids. Yeah, yeah. When when my daughter was just born or if, if, when uh, my wife was pregnant, it was just like we had to hide. The pups were following you everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, what the heck's wrong with you? Yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah. With normal people having a baby. It's just chill, you know? I don't know, but it's, there's, there's, there's a little bit of negative to it. I'm like... Yes, if I'm out with my family having dinner and some guys knock me on the shoulder and goes, can I get a photo? I go. How do you do with that? I usually, I usually, my reply to that is like, I usually do, but today, my day off with my family. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's the way I do. Yeah. But otherwise, on a daily basis, I stop. Yeah, so if he walks out outside the studio on the street and someone yeah, wants to get a photograph, yeah. And it's, it's sort of like, um, 
Look, it's sort of, from my point of view, I feel like I'm obliged because yeah, well, because I dine on it, dine out on this. Like, but that's those people are your your audience, your audience, but they're also in, indirectly paying your bills. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. If it's work related, and I do a dinner, and there's, as you said, there's a hundred people, two hundred people there. This is part of the job. Yeah, I deal with it completely. But there's sometimes I just want to run away from it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it, it can be, you know, if you do a dinner and it's the end of the night and half of the people are drunk, it makes it harder to enjoy it. Because people yeah. are just then... They become they, punishing. Yeah, they, and they want a little bit more than what they would yeah, yeah, if they, they weren't drunk. They step, they just step one, one too, <laughs> yeah, many yeah, step, yeah. Too, too many steps forward. And, 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 but so, it does, it sort of does go with the territory. And I, if I, you do the good food and wine show... Like and you, you know, you're on yep. stage, like you do a thousand photos a day. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and you have to, you have to be nice. There's yeah. no other ways. It's an interesting thing that a lot of people think it's the best life ever. Um, it comes with its ups and its downs, like oh. everything. There's nothing that doesn't have negatives as uh, equal to the number of positives. I don't care what it is. You know, people have got an image of people on the screen, they're like different and special and richer and better and happier. <laughs> no, mm. no, no. It's We all going through the same shit in life. Yeah, totally, as, as, as everybody else. Yeah, it's and, just the difference is our name is known. And sometimes I say to myself, you got to, they got to be careful or people should be careful what they wish for. Yeah. Because, uh, and by the way, I never wished for my life. I mean, I'm sure you didn't wish for your life. It just sort of happened. These things just happened. Yeah. You were at the right place at the right time, talking to the right people and that's something it. happened. And there's yeah. something about you that was right for yeah, MKR. You know, that's that worked. And there was something about your name, your surname, the way you looked, the way you spoke, the fact that you were skilled, your personality. There's something was right at the time. And you could never plan that in a million years. Oh, I never thought I never thought I would end up where I am today. Yeah, never thought never. It was, it's 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 amazing. Mate, good to see you. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast.